0: The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.
1: All are welcome. We're glad you found us.
0: Unity Online Radio, the voice of an
1: awakening world.
0: Welcome to Spirit of Recovery offering support for your spiritual growth and addiction recovery. Here's Rev. Dan Beckett. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery on Unity Online Radio. We are glad you're with us today. I am Rev. Dan Beckett, here with co-host Rev. Michelle Vargas. Together, we share ways that spirituality and addiction recovery intertwine and work together to support your spiritual growth and your own recovery journey.
1: Facebook users, you can send us your questions and comments anytime during the week from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Just click the send message button right below the banner and be assured that your anonymity will always be respected. So please let us know what's on your mind. We'd love to hear from you.
0: Today's show is titled The Wisdom to Know the Difference. The serenity prayer tells us to be open to wisdom so we can discern what is ours to do, And what is not? Many of us in recovery have experienced the results of questionable decisions we have made, sometimes even made repeatedly. (laughs) Fortunately, we grew tired of living that way. But how do we move away from bad decisions, bad relationships, and bad situations? Today, we want to share our experience, strength, and hope on practical ways we can do just that and experience new levels of joy and freedom in our lives.
1: We want to share with you today what we were like before, what happened, and what we are like now, along with a spiritual tool or principle that helped guide us through the tough times. We hope you'll find something in our experience that will be helpful to you in your own recovery. Today, we're going to be talking about moving from those questionable decisions into a life of joy and freedom. And it's through the power of wisdom.
0: That's a polite label for it. Questionable, less than optimal, (laughs) maybe could have been better, (laughs) room for improvement. My, My first answer to that is you know, I'm asking myself, well, what what does that mean to me? Questionable decisions, meaning, you know, when I was drinking, right? We always we well, always we don't do that, that. now. <laughs> well, right, I never make questionable decisions now. <laughs> Actually, I'm I'm sort of make, certainly make far fewer. But as we always say, it's not like all this stuff just goes away. It just becomes very very different in my yeah. experience. Yeah. Very much improved but uh, questionable decisions for me is, you know, anything that follows that statement, uh, hold my beer, <laughs> right? And uh, I, I, I did not keep a log or a journal of the stupid crap that I've done, <laughs> um, but there's a lot of it, uh, I'm sure some, but all I can say is I'm glad that I am, uh, let's say of an age where everyone did not have a video camera in oh. their pocket when I was in college. Yes, oh my god. Could. I can't imagine that. So, questionable decisions, um, uh, yeah, they're there. Hold my beer. Watch this. I I often remember one <laughs> and I've shared it before about uh dropping a couch on my car. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. The the, the questionable decision was probably not a good idea to try and move uh you know a pull out couch which is very heavy yeah. um, with a hand truck after having had some beers
1: liquid libation
0: yes hold my beer i'm gonna move this couch
1: now as long as you're not <laughs> saying hold my zima that would be bad <laughs> i mean that's a whole other level of questionable decisions yeah really <laughs> Yeah, um, when I think of questionable decisions that I made back then, because of course I don't make questionable decisions now, um, a lot of them were unconscious decisions. so that's the sort of questionable part is um, I wasn't consciously uh, I wasn't consciously and mindfully and intentionally engaging in my life. I was sort of just ending up in situations. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden you're in a relationship, you have no idea how the heck you got there. Well, I guess we're doing this now. (laughs) (laughs) But there was never any like, it wasn't a, but see... So you know, part of that was that I was not living in a mindful or intentional way, but it also absolved me to a certain extent in my own mind of responsibility because I hadn't made an intentional decision. I sort of just ended up there and it's like, well, it's not really my fault because I don't even know the, how this happened. You know what I mean? <laughs> kind of, it was just kind of a way of, of living.
0: Well, it's a like, not- it. Yeah. You know, uh, the tequila did it. It wasn't me. The
1: tequila did it. Yes, definitely. The tequila had something to do with it, but I, you know, just, yeah, just uh, not being real awake, you know, not being real awake and intentional about the decisions I made. And, you know, frankly, I didn't want to be awake or intentional, you know, I didn't want to be, I wanted to just sort of let life, you know, Batter me around and just sort of, you know, oh, I don't know how this happened. Here I am. And how did I get in this situation? You know, that was sort of the gist of my, not my professional or academic life, because that I always had very much under control, but my personal life mostly pertaining to relationships. It's funny when we were talking before the show and, and, you know, I read the, the description, bad decisions. I'm like, yeah, bad relationships were basically my bad decisions. Cause I didn't make a lot of bad decisions in other areas of my life. It's kind of weird how I had those things compartmentalized. Yeah. But certainly, certainly things begin to overlap and you can't hold all of that together at some point, but, yeah. Um, most of my bad decisions at that point were situations that I put myself in, you know, uh, danger danger that I put myself in and ways that I just wasn't good to myself, didn't take care of myself as I should have. Um, and like I say, just sort of finding myself in situations and not really knowing or caring how I got there. Just like, okay, well, here we are, you know, and 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 sort of always being in damage control mode, you know, it's like, well, I don't, you know. I don't know how I ended up here, but let me see how I can get myself out of this now.
0: At least it's not boring, right? It's not boring.
1: And that was kind of the drama that I lived my life in, you know? Yeah. It was just always sort of trying to clean up the messes I had made. (laughs) Kept me busy.
0: (laughs) Right, yeah. Exciting. Something new and engaging to do. How am I going to get out of this? (laughs) kind of deal yeah, i, I like though you used a couple words i really liked you said about being not awake and not intentional yeah. i i i don't i would not have known what you were talking about if you told me then back then when, yeah. Yeah, when i was drinking but i know i really feel like i feel you on that because yeah. um you know a big part of of what we call you know, living a God-centered life, growing in the spirit, living by spiritual principles, etc., is always moving toward um, more awareness, right? right. Which o- awakeness, and and when and when I have more awareness, I have more choice, which means I can be intentional with things. Um, drinking alcohol certainly uh, reduced my choice because. You know, I was joking with you that tequila did it, but not joking with you because there's a lot of things that, I mean, I know I did it. I'm not trying to get out of it, but I did it when I had been drinking and I probably would not have done that had I not been drinking. So, yeah, it's me, but it's me on tequila that's acting like that, making those bad decisions. Me today, sober, uh, I'm not doing those kinds of things. Right. You know, I have plenty of living amends that I make. Like, look, man, I just don't act like that anymore. It's not yeah. okay. It wasn't okay then, and it's not okay now, but, you know, I'm not going back to those things. We talked also about bad situations, right? It's not just bad. Well, I guess bad uh, decisions create bad situations. And I realized as I thought about it that at least the bad situations in my life can arrive slowly, you know or suddenly depending on what they are i had a failed marriage many many years ago i mean I'm talking about like almost 30 years ago at this point and um it, it needed to fail It was good and right for it to fail and my my spouse at that time is not a bad person at all she's a wonderful person but it was not a good match and it needed to to end and so that you know, getting to that point was a very slow burn. You know, the, my drinking career, slow burn. Yeah. I didn't sort of um, drink for five years and quit. I drank for 30 years and and quit. Uh, but then I've done things like, do uh, you ever drink and shop? You know, <laughs> I'm glad that Amazon wasn't a thing. Oh, Actually, Can Amazon was a thing when I was drinking, but um questionable decisions, Amazon plus alcohol, not always a really good idea. Uh, I decided to drive home an hour in a snowstorm once, which was a really stupid idea. (laughs) And that one didn't take 30 years to happen. You know, that one happened kind of quickly. So bad situations, everything from a marriage to why on earth am I on the highway in the snowstorm? This is insane. I've lost my mind, Yeah, and we all have stories. I hope if you're listening to that, I just picture you nodding your head up and down like, yeah. <laughs> yep, I got stories, too.
1: Yeah, I'm just thinking back. Like I say, 99% of my bad decisions were relationships. I don't think I entered into a relationship sober ever, really, until <laughs> I not I mean, there was never, like, this discernment process of, like, yeah, this is a good person to be in a relationship with. He has this and this and this quality. This could work. No, it was just, like, you're drunk, I'm drunk, we're there. So, you know, and then wondering why it didn't work out, you know, and, and trying to make something out of something that never should have happened in the first place. And that was just, that was my life. That was the messes I had to keep cleaning up because I just was not... Making good decisions, and I wasn't making sober decisions and and, like I say, I think there really was a certain amount of like well, you know like like not wanting to be responsible for my decisions, you know, I was drunk, so whatever, you know, I just find myself in this relationship, but I never made an intentional decision, so therefore I'm not ultimately really responsible. I don't have to be responsible, I didn't want to be responsible, I didn't want to be intentional, in fact, I didn't want to be awake really. I wanted to be very much not awake. You know, I didn't want to be awake. I wanted to be checked out. I wanted to be drunk. I wanted to be, you know, living that beer commercial life, you know, having the big party time and having a big old, you know, fun time and not, and just sort of, I just, that's how I, you know, and like I say, I had my life very compartmentalized because I was very responsible when it came to school and work and things like that. But that was sort of the way I, I don't know, I guess I balanced things out that way that I was uber responsible with those things. And then the rest of my life, it was like, you know, whatever, just screw it. You know, <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, just, yeah, not good. Um, the other thing is, you know, I obviously did not have a uh, God on board. So, had I even made an intentional decision, it would not have included any sort of spiritual awareness or spiritual discernment. In fact, I eschewed all such things at that point. Um, so that's, you know, I, I wouldn't even think of making a decision today without having that included. So it's hard to imagine that I made all of my decisions without that on board. But um, yeah,
0: all I needed was me and this bottle of vodka, and we could figure anything know. out.
1: Exactly, it's me against the world,
0: <laughs> yeah, right that, that is kind of it. I have that same experience of um being under siege without realizing that that's how I was, because that's how I always was, yeah, and it wasn't until I had some decent sober time that I realized like oh wow i don't I don't have to live like I'm under siege all the time. The world is not a burden on me, yeah. I can find a way to be at peace, and it's, you know, unfolding, still still yeah. working on that, of course. Well, let's shift gears. We've talked a lot about these questionable decisions. Quite enough for me. Thank you very much. <laughs> but, and And we always want to be sure and tell the truth and tell our story, but then we also need to move out of the problem, out of our story and into the solution. So here in this case, what is the solution?
1: Well, our Unity co-founder, Charles Fillmore, developed a set of 12 spiritual principles that he called the 12 powers. And these are 12 spiritual abilities that we all have, and we are always using them, but we can learn to use them more effectively in our spiritual growth.
0: And the power that can help us move away from questionable decisions is the power of wisdom. And that's what we wanna focus on today. But uh, what does it mean to say that we will use wisdom, you know, more skillfully in our lives? What is? What are we talking about anyway? How do I know if I'm using it? Well, hint: I am. The question is, how am I? Am I using it in a healthy, helpful manner? That's a whole different question. But what does it look like in my life? What do you think, Reverend Michelle?
1: <clears throat> yeah, I'm trying to think how my decisions began to change when I got sober. Um... You know, well, the first obvious difference was that I developed a relationship with a higher power. And so and I turned my will in my life over to that power when I took the third step. And so uh, at that point, when I started to have to make decisions about, you know, career and things like that, every decision I made, you know, was entered into prayerfully. <clears throat> I always, you know, tried to turn everything over and tried to discern um what I felt was God's will for me and what I felt was the uh, next right and indicated thing for me to do. That was a huge change right there because even if you, you know, let's say that you don't even believe in God or any of that, but just stopping before I made rash decisions and even having that level of reflection made a huge difference um, in my life because I had a process to engage in when I wanted to, uh, make a decision you know I had I had a um, a toolbox things that I could do you know I could pray I could meditate I could ask for guidance I could practice turning it over I could uh, consult with people that I trusted you know I could um, go to meetings and and listen to you know what jumped out at me I would often hear things in meetings you know how there's so many things happening in meetings and you can sort of just go in there with the idea that you're going to hear what you need to hear. And you will, you know, you will hear something that day that will help you in some way. It's almost like a, like a Oracle kind of thing. There's, you know, a hundred people could go to a meeting and get something different from it, you know? So you hear, if you're tuned in and you're intentional, you will hear what you need to hear from that meeting. So um, I had other, you know, I had, ways to approach decisions that I would say was the beginning of accessing wisdom because it wasn't just finding myself in situations. It was uh, making actual decisions. <laughs> what a concept.
0: <laughs> right. Instead of just showing up in a relationship <laughs> was the comedian that said, nobody goes to Denny's. You show up at Denny's. You end up, phrase, you end up, you at, end Denny's. up at Denny's. Nobody decides to go to Denny's. It reminds me of that kind of thing. I want to share um, the definition of the of wisdom. You know, we're talking about twelve powers. So the power of wisdom definition um, from the uh, MBD, it is the ability to evaluate, discern, and apply what we know. So it very much is decision making. You know, making we talk about making wise decisions. Well, the power of wisdom is right there. Um, As you may know, if you've listened to us much before, we're on team Jesus. And Jesus (laughs) was strongly associated with the wisdom tradition, uh, both in the Hebrew culture and the Greek wisdom tradition. Sophia is the word for wisdom. The name Sophia comes from the Greek for wisdom uh, and Jesus associated with that. Um, The divine feminine strongly associated with wisdom. And so it's pulling in all of these um, elements that I think is really cool about it. It just really gives the whole thing a lot of depth. It's not just a word and a concept, right It's a way of of being and we see it modeled in the um, in the gospels over and over. So wisdom, the bottom line to me, what it's become is it's that gut instinct. you know it's that it's that sort of feeling in my gut where I know something in an, in a wordless, non-thinking manner and part of it has been uh part of my path has been uh just becoming more aware of that it's always been there but you know stuff like that you can i can easily drown it out with my fears and my concerns and my plans and i need it to go this way and because i don't i don't feel safe if i don't feel like i am in control and so i make up an approach so at least i have the illusion of being in control well where's the wisdom in that maybe it's informing my um thinking but maybe it's not and um i have learned over time to sort of begin with the wordless wisdom uh you know gut instinct and then move from from there so that's that's if i got to say one thing that's what the power of wisdom means to me
1: yeah, I'm really glad you brought up the whole thing about Sophia and the uh the the divine feminine. You know, I just gave a talk about this on Sunday. Uh we talked about the women mystics and how they're you know, what what the how different that type of wisdom is that the women mystics bring um and so one way is you know that the the and and it's not necessarily talking about men and women we're talking about male and female or or masculine and feminine as traits they may or may not pertain to that gender
0: right like divine masculine divine feminine exactly
1: so the masculine approach is um is intellect rational you know rationality um you know, figuring things out in a an rational and intellectual way—the feminine way—is what you're talking about. That other ways of knowing, um, which we sometimes call intuition, we sometimes call a gut feeling. Um, I think there's also an element of spiritual discernment in there too. You know, uh, when we when we uh, pray and meditate and seek, you know, a higher perspective a higher understanding seek that spiritual guidance that is more of a feminine divine feminine approach um because the masculine you know wants empirical data you know to make decisions and you know it's it's kind of like the the science you know the the how science has sort of put itself in opposition unfortunately many times to um other ways of knowing and other ways of of, um, understanding. So we do have an intuition. Um, we have ways of knowing that are not intellectual that are not, you know, I don't want to say they're not brain based. Cause I don't really know exactly where the intuition comes from. I just know it's a different type of knowing. Yes. And, um, you know, some describe it as a still small voice. It might be a gut feeling. It might be just, uh, sometimes it's just, Watch and see what I end up doing. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, oh, I notice I made that decision. Okay, I, I know I was following some sort of guidance because I'm sober and I live a awake, aware, mindful, intentional life. I know that if I'm following some guidance, it, I can, you know, probably assume that it's some sort of intuition or some sort of spiritual discernment. So, um, wisdom, I believe, uh, encompasses all of that. You know, it's it's all different ways of knowing and tapping into a higher uh, perspective, a higher way of knowing than just my individual human intellect. Yeah,
0: I like that. And I'm remembering here and I jotted it down that uh, Mr. Fillmore, Unity co-founder, Charles Fillmore, uh, this is in the revealing word wisdom is the voice of god within as the source of our understanding i like that the source of our understanding it's not the same as understanding we have a power of understanding that's different than the power of wisdom but the voice of god within as the source to me that's the key to it and um i like many of those descript intuition i is the word I find myself gra- gravitating mm-hmm. to that. That seems for me, that seems to get at my experience of it, um, you know, more than just about anything. And I really learned to trust this uh, when I started doing firewalking. Oh, yeah. um, the first time I did a firewalk, I thought it was the craziest thing I ever heard of. Uh, who are these people? Why am I doing this? But I, I knew I was, <laughs> there for a reason. And the instructions were to not try to figure out ahead of time whether you were going to walk or not. You had the choice. Nobody had to. But you wait till you're down there, like in the moment, basically. So the process is the, you know, red hot coals, fire walking, walking barefoot on red hot coals. So the coals are out and we're in a in a circle sort of chanting, walking around, and as anyone feels led to, they can walk up and and take the first step, as we say, and, and walk the coals. And i and I've been hearing about this guidance stuff that I never heard of before. And I was told you will know when you're down there, kind of like, trust me, you don't know, have to figure it out, you'll know. And that's exactly what happened to me. I I, I remember getting irritated and frustrated with the whole thing. And then just sort of taking a breath and glancing up and really noticing the trees. And all of a sudden, i hearing the sound of the breeze in the trees that I had not been hearing when I was all Mm -hmm. wrapped up in my head, being annoyed. And it's like the world opened up. And then all of a sudden, there was this feeling of joy in the pit of my stomach. And I knew in that moment, this is what she was talking about. The weird lady was right. (laughs) This is it. And I walked. And I walked, and it was it changed my life. Wow! So it's there, it's there, and you don't have to firewalk to find it. That's right. just how I found it. We all have this um, capability. It's inherent in us. It's a it's part of our Christ pres- the Christ presence, yeah. part of our Christ consciousness. Like.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's our spiritual selves that have access, you know, yeah. in Fillmorean language, they, you know, he, Charles Fillmore would say we have access to divine mind. So we are not the divine mind, but we are a part of the divine mind and we have access to it and we can tap into it and receive uh you know, information and and guidance and intuition and wisdom from that source that's not coming from our human ego mind.
0: Right. We learn to differentiate the two. They're both there and we can draw on our small mind and the divine mind. But let's hold that thought because it's time for a short break. And when we come back, we'll continue the conversation. Please stay with us. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice
1: of an awakening world. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery.
0: Welcome back, indeed. We are glad you're with us today. If you're just joining us, my name is Reverend Dan Beck. here with our co-host, Reverend Michelle Rogers. We'll resume our discussion in just a moment, but first we want to remind you that you can send us your questions and feedback anytime during the week from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Message us from there and let us know what's on your mind.
1: Yes, please do. Well, prior to the break, we were discussing in the first part, questionable decisions and what that was like. And then we moved into talking about the 12 powers and specifically the power of wisdom. So now we're going to talk about how the power of wisdom has helped us to move out of that making questionable decisions into a life of joy and freedom.
0: I'm going to share a verse from the new testament book of james because it addresses wisdom directly and i've always loved this so very simple advice maybe i should have talked about it before the break but it's it's james uh, chapter 1 verse 5 and it reads if any of you is lacking in wisdom ask god who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly and it will be given you Mm. now of course the this coming out of a classical theist uh, world the the agency that's applied to god they're a little different than we might we mm-hmm. we affirm the same thing kind of like I did it's there but I might not know it it's mm-hmm. there but I might be drowning it out with all my own you know attempts to control the world and figure things out and blah 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 but if I take some time apart you know asking god what does that mean to me it means you know, taking some quiet time in meditation, just noticing how it is with me, uh, mm-hmm. breathing and, and let it be that, you know, let it be as simple, let life be as simple as that, just for even a few minutes. Um, then that still small voice, now all of a sudden, oh, it, it is there. And that can appear like the author of James. Uh, that can appear like it wasn't there and then God put it there and now it is there. And of course our point of view in unity is it's always been there. We are becoming aware of it. The source is the same. Yeah. But the agency is a little different, but I love that whole concept. If any of you is lacking in wisdom, ask God who gives how generously and ungrudgingly, Yeah. never a problem, never short on it. Here,
1: right. have a ton
0: of it. My pleasure. You know, it's my pleasure to provide.
1: I mean, in unity language, that's essentially saying that divine mind is this vast intelligence that is available to us at all times, that gives freely of itself, um, and that we can tap into anytime we want to. So. Yeah, it's not that much of a switch to me. I can kind of just change the languaging a little bit and it makes perfect sense to me from a unity perspective. But you're right. The agency is on us of whether to tap into it or not, whether to um, avail ourselves of it, you know, because we can certainly be oblivious to it or even blocking it. You know, and a big part of blocking it is just living a life that is not awake, you know, like we've been talking about. Not, you know, one way of not being awake is to be drunk or, you know, on some sort of substance most of the time, but it doesn't have to be that. It can, you know, there's other ways of just sort of not being awake. Um, but when we begin to become more awake and more mindful and more intentional, then we find that that source of wisdom begins to open up to it and uh, open up to us and that we can access it so um, that you know that whole process of even seeking that type of guidance is basically the biggest change that happened for me because I you know, was not aware or believed in any of that before, you know. So, you know, and and, and I don't always know how it works. Um, sometimes I get, you know, I get a real clear, uh, uh, I like to call them sometimes spiritual nudgings. I don't, typically hear a voice um that doesn't happen for me but i understand that when we say the still small voice that's a metaphor can be a metaphor it doesn't mean we necessarily are going to hear a voice right it means that something is whispering to us internally there's a nudge um you know when i when i am trying to make a decision or trying to discern my path there there's sort of a whole bunch of different things that i've learned to do you know and sometimes it's just make a decision and step out and see what happens
0: right because you can't steer a car that's not moving
1: no and the other thing is and you know i love to trot out my gps metaphor but we cannot make a wrong decision there's no mistakes in life there's no wrong decisions just like when you have your little gps thing and it tells you to turn right and you can't get over and so you go another block what does it do it sometimes takes a second but it reroutes it just reroutes you you're still gonna we're all going there we're still gonna get there um you're just going to go you know around this block first and maybe going around that block means that you're going to bump into someone or something that you needed for your path so That's right Well, that's one thing that helps me when making decisions is really believing that, that I cannot make a wrong decision. Because if I get stuck in this idea that there is a right decision and a wrong decision, that can be extremely paralyzing to me because I'm terrified I'm going to make the wrong decision. Yes. You know, and so it's like, if I do this, then this is going to happen. If I do that, then something else is going to happen. But I can't, I can't mess up my life. I can't you know if i'm awake and aware and living my life as intentionally as possible whatever decision i make is going to you know have blessings and lessons and things that are going to get me to the next place and the, the reason i know this is cuz i can look back at my life now and see all these things that happened to me and decisions i made and and directions that i went in and You know, I could look at them as mistakes or, God, why did I do that? You know, why didn't I make a better choice? But everything got me to where I am now. So there's just no mistakes. That's a human construct. It's a human way. I don't believe that in God or in spirit, there's even a concept of a mistake. It just doesn't work that way.
0: It's only that if I decide that it's that
1: yeah and I and love it,
0: when you share this. I, this is one of those things I genuinely feel like you can't say this too often.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: such a powerful concept, and I love your GPS uh, way of of sharing it because I know exactly what that means when you say that. You know, my GPS has never said to me, "Oh well, dumbass, you know you're dumb you it go of, home. You know, at this point, you know, sorry. I tried to tell you, do you listen to me? No, no, I said turn right. What did you do? You just went <laughs> right. Okay, okay, champ, you know what to do? Go ahead, you're on. Now. Right? The universe does not act like that. <laughs> no, it doesn't, thank act. God. The universe and God does what you're saying. Turn here. Oh, you went past it? It doesn't even say no problem. It just, there, the Rerouting, problem doesn't exist. It's just like hang on a sec. Okay, go there. Yes. What a beautiful It's like the
1: coolest metaphor ever.
0: I think so too because I also find it paralyzing. Yes. And yes, there are consequences to any action that we take or any decision we make. But calling things a mistake which brings up that fear, hey, you know, I'm kind of getting above my pay grade here. There's more going on than I know and I need to yes. be a little more than a little bit careful of what I call things you know when we name a thing you kind of make it you kind of make it so so I'm thinking about how does wisdom help me and and I'm remembering any time that I had you know the idea that drinking might be a good idea anytime that idea comes into my head which you know early in sobriety it would happen fairly often Uh, nowadays it's very very rare it it can still happen and, and mostly what it is is like oh yeah I, re- I remember why I drank because of, you know, like a feeling, a very uncomfortable emotion will experience will come up. I'm like, and then my mind goes, oh, wouldn't a drink be a great idea? And then I see that happening. And I'm like, oh, yeah, right. Totally understandable why I would have drank in the past. I, oh, yeah. I get it. Um, but, you know, that's not what I do now. And it's fine. So I just sort of move through it. I'm going to share something from the big book. This is from page 24, and this is where I think wisdom comes in. Uh, the book reads, we are unable at certain times to bring into our consciousness with sufficient force the memory of the suffering and humiliation of even a week or a month ago. My brain, my alcoholic brain wants me to forget what a disaster it that wasn't so bad. Was but it's wisdom which always comes from the divine always comes from god from the spirit it's wisdom that gives me an alternative because i think that is true we are unable at certain times to bring into consciousness sufficient force the memory of it well then i rely on the wisdom that says here is the way forward yeah in a very quiet but comforting manner and then i it's like the gps no don't turn there go go this way yeah very calm my gps is never annoyed (laughs) it's not
1: i'm totally going to think about that the next time i'm using my gps
0: right turn left
1: you missed it go home forget it (laughs) you're done man you're out
0: of here anyway why do i even try (laughs) you people
1: they should make a, a GPS voice like that. That would be hysterical. I would totally put that on my phone just yeah. for entertainment value. Yeah, that, that thinking through the drink, you know, like we say, which could yeah. pertain to anything. The just, yeah, I can get, you know, it's not just drinking that I can summon <laughs> up some of those. <laughs> humiliation, what does it say? Humiliation and suffering. yeah. Um, had a little bit of that in sobriety as well. So it's not necessarily connected to alcohol, but, um, compulsive things that are not good for me. So, um, one thing that I like to always say is, you know, when I'm feeling like I have all these problems in my life and, oh God, you know, I just want to get out of it. I just don't want to feel it. You know, that's what the wanting a drink or wanting to pick up something, um, I always say that there isn't a single problem in my life that alcohol couldn't make a heck of a lot worse.
0: Yes, that's right.
1: You know, because when I think through it like that, it's like, yeah, this. you think this is bad now, honey? Pour some tequila on top of this and let's really see how things are going to turn out. Yeah, you know? I
0: always feel like, you know, it might be better for about 10 minutes and it's going to suck for about 10 years.
1: Yep, and it would just get worse. Because, you know, I mean... I've been sober a long time and every now and then I have a thought of like, I wonder if I could drink normally or, you know, how nice it would be to just have a glass of wine with my husband or something. Yeah. And then I got to play it through and it's like, do you, I can't say it on the radio what I want to <laughs> call myself, but its you know, it doesn't work that way. When did you ever have one glass of wine?
0: Exactly. That's exactly what I say. Never.
1: And I have to remind my myself that, life. yeah. I never wanted to do that and I would have one glass of wine and then I would want to have another one and then I would want to know where we were going next and then no it's just game on.
0: It's game on at that point. Bad
1: idea. And and you know and and this, this applies to any substance, whatever a person's addiction is, you know. The, the the addictive substance or behavior or whatever is not going to make anything better. It's just oh. going to make everything so much worse. Yeah. And we've come this far. So mm. why in the heck would we want to make it worse? You know, so it's just not it's just not a solution for me today. It's not going to I know that I can think that through and I know that it's um, however bad it is pouring my addiction on top of it is only going to make it worse. So that's helpful. Uh, let's see, what else did I want to talk about here? Oh, you know, so this sort of goes along with this idea that there's, um, there's no, there's no right or wrong decisions. Um, you know, when we, when we're making a decision, that's a tough decision or whatever, we do our, our due diligence, you know, our prayer and meditation, our discernment, talking with people we trust, whatever our whole process that we go through. And then we just do the best that we can.
0: Yeah. That's you know what I mean? I, yes. I don't
1: like to get into this kind of thought process that there's some right thing that I've got to figure out. Yeah. Even, you know how we talk about our saying, like do the next right thing. And we, you and I have sort of changed that to do the next indicated thing. Yeah. At some point you make the best decision you can with the information that you've got. There you go. You just do it, you know, and it's like when you look back at decisions you made, it's like, well, you know, maybe that wasn't a great decision, but that I did the best at that time with what I had. I made the best decision I could with the information and the ability that I had. And it's like Maya Angelou said, when you know better, you do better. That's right. So you can't look back and wish you had done better then because you did the best you could.
0: If I could have done better, I would have done better. Well, I both. would have. Exactly. And that applies to everyone, to my parents and, you know, family and friends, any person I ever encountered in my life. If if I could have done better, I would have done better.
1: Yeah. So we can have some compassion for ourselves and the, you know, choices we made in the past um, that, you know, yeah, maybe there weren't some, some choices that weren't so good, but, you know, we did the best that we could at the time. And we're looking back at it now with the minds and the understanding that we have now so of course we see that there would have been a better choice but that's just not the way it was then and we did the best we could and but, as we know better we do better and better and better
0: yeah that just means that grown and learned and we have um you know brought on some wisdom that perhaps we didn't have before how could we grow in wisdom but not look back and see and say like man i i i, I Possibly could have done better there, you know, from our now perspective. And I like what you're saying. It's not reasonable for me to kind of indict my old behaviors based on what? If I had today's wisdom then, I would have done it then, but I didn't. What yes. are you going to do? I've compassion, my counselor, give a break.
1: My counselor said to me this week, and sort of in the context of, some, of talking about something like that, you know, you were you are not the person now that you were when you did that thing. You're that's not that right. person. That's you are right. a changed person. And we are we are always a changed person. That, you know, when we're on a spiritual path, each and every day we are a changed person.
0: Yes, we're growing in the spirit. Also, we could say growing in in wisdom because that's part of growing in the spirit. I want to share some um, actions or solutions, you know, practical steps that, that we can do. For me... Um, and maybe it's just I have a very busy, fast-moving mind. I think many of us do. That uh, just the 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 idea of slowing down, or or being willing to just take a breath and say, okay, I can just slow down right now, and uh, all will be well. In fact, it might be a really good idea at this yeah. moment in time is just to slow down a little bit. Just saying it out loud right now, I can already feel a shift coming on. So there are lots of ways that we can do that. I'll talk about some of them, um, but it all begins, for me at least, with just slowing down. And if you're wondering, well, what do you mean by slowing down? Probably the simplest thing that I do all the time is just take a, a conscious breath. Eckhart Tolle called it a conscious breath. Just Um, Take a moment, relax my shoulders. I often ride my shoulders up, I noticed. Relax my shoulders and my jaw. And then just uh, take a breath and notice the experience of taking that breath. Maybe do a couple more if it feels good. That's that's it. That's all. I can then go back to what I was doing. But it's it's inevitably with a shifted perspective. It's like, oh, I I don't really have to, like, mental power through this. I can chill. I can be relaxed. Walk in a relaxed manner is the title of mm-hmm. a book, I think, oh, that oh. my wife found. So it's like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I absolutely preach a gospel of slowing down and of resting. We can all do that more. You know, we our culture is much too fast. We move too fast. We make decisions too quickly. We do too much. We don't spend enough time in rest. <sighs> Um, So that is always, always a good idea. Um, Very few decisions need to be made right now, you know, and sometimes we do have to make decisive, you know, action and other times we can take a wait and see approach. You know, I've done that many times. I really don't know what to do. I'm just going to wait and see what happens. I'm just gonna hang out for a while and see how things begin to unfold. Um, Another thing I do is uh, pay attention to what's happening around me and what people are saying to me and what things are showing up in my life. You know, all of these being sort of little nudgings from the universe, you know? Oh, I see that, you know, whatever, this particular thing keeps showing up, you know? Or people keep saying the same kind of thing to me. Maybe there's something there that I need to pay attention to you know, I'm thinking I I had, you know, these memories come up on Facebook of one year ago, five years ago, something came up yesterday, I think it was like, six years ago, and it was a picture of me in the pulpit. And I think it was one of my very first times that I had filled in for our minister. Um, And, you know, going to ministerial school and becoming a minister was the farthest thing from my mind at that point you know i was just doing what i'd been asked to do which was to fill in because the person that normally filled in could not be there yeah but when i look in the comments below you know you look so good up there you look like a natural you did a great job today michelle you were you know and it was and it was those things that people were saying to me at first i was like what are you guys talking about? You know, somebody (laughs) said, you looked like a minister up there. I don't know, whatever crazy things people said to me, I thought they were nuts. Um, But people kept saying that kind of thing to me and I, you know, and, and I kept going, what is this about? I resisted it for a long time, but um, you know, and I'm not saying that there's a discernment there. We don't always want to, people can be talking nonsense too um but you know i pay attention if i keep hearing the same thing over and over again hmm maybe i need to you know the god or the universe or divine mind speaks to me through many many different ways you know when i when i find uh, even sometimes i go to the library and a book a book calls out to me and i just pick it up you know and, and that book ends up having a profound effect on me or um, you know, things like that happen, and I just believe that that's the way the universe works. There are signposts all around. There are nudgings everywhere, and the more awake we are in our lives on a daily basis, the more we pick up on all those little things. And um, and if we don't get them, the universe will just keep sending more of them.
0: Right, the GPS again. You know, there's yeah. even a proverb that talks about wisdom in the counsel of many. There's wisdom in the counsel of many. And I had jotted that down too. I'm like, are you looking at my notes? You can't see them from there. How did you know what I have written down here? Because one of them was wait until tomorrow, right? Take a oh. breath. <laughs> and then talk to others. Yeah. Talk to others. Get a reality check uh, is how I've come to think of it. You know, let me just run this. Let me get it so it's just not only in my head. Yeah. Let me share it with a trusted program friend or what have you. Wow. Well, let's shift gears again. We've had a whole lot to say about this topic. So let's step way back, if possible, and see if we can find a concise way to sum it up. That's almost the oxymoron. Two ministers are going to find a concise way to say something. Yeah. I don't, so we'll do it, though. Reverend Michelle, in a nutshell, how might you answer this question if someone asked you, How do I know if my guidance is coming from divine mind or from my ego mind?
1: Yeah, we talked about this a little bit before the show. You really don't know for sure, you know, and I try not to set up that binary that there's divine mind and there's, yes, there is divine mind and there's ego mind, but I try to not get into that, like, you know, it's just, it's very hard to discern. So we don't ultimately know for sure if we're being nudged by spirit or by our own ego, um, if. Yeah. So we just, we do the best we can, right? We do our due diligence, our prayer and our meditation work, our discernment. Um, we pay attention to what's going on around us, what people are saying to us, what's unfolding. Watch what's unfolding. You know, you want to know what's going to happen or what should happen? Watch what begins to unfold. You know, sometimes without our even making a decision, things begin to unfold and the way becomes clear. If we can just hang out and relax and allow things to unfold rather than getting in there and thinking, We have to force things to go a certain way. That's been the best thing for me is just sit back and wait until, you know, wait for your next marching orders, you know, wait for what's next to do. We don't always have to jump in and do something. We can just hang out, rest, take some breaths, like you said, and see what happens.
0: My answer is in short, it's practice, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. I've been asked because people who are not familiar with our way, of being, you know, our kind of experience centered approach to spirituality might very rightly ask, you know, how do you know it's God you keep talking about? How do you know that it's God? And my answer is, how do you how do I know I love my wife? How do mm. how do you know that you love your children? Yeah. How, how do we know anything if God is love? How, what how do you know it's love? You can't tell me you don't know what that is. You can't yeah. tell me that you can't discern A love for a child, a parent, a spouse, a sibling, from everything else going on in the world, we can. And so that's my short answer is practice back to your GPS. Do the best you can with what you have. Take the the first step and then see what happens and use the wisdom that you gained to move forward.
1: Yes, exactly. Well, we have an affirmation for you today. I turn within and follow the divine guidance I receive.
0: Yes, I'll say that one more time. I turn within and follow the divine guidance that I receive, or I might say perceive.
1: Yes.
0: Sometimes that's how it feels. Well, it has happened again. You've given yourself the gift of another hour listening to Spirit of Recovery, and we are grateful. We hope you have found something in all of our slabbering today that will be genuinely helpful to you in your own recovery. Thank you, Reverend Michelle, as always, for our discussion. It's always fun. And thanks to everyone who is listening to the podcast, too, via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher. And tune in. We bless you all everywhere, wherever you may be on your own recovery journey.
1: Yes, and listeners, if you'd like, you can always connect with us throughout the week on our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Drop us your thoughts and comments. We'd love to hear from you. And we invite you to join us again next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central. And until then, don't drink like my co-host.
0: And whatever you do, don't drink like my (laughs) co-host.
1: Instead, have yourself a wonder-filled week.
0: Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation